Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. This is episode 89. Today, we're so excited to be interviewing another great high school coach, Mike Sadlowski. <clears throat> Mike played collegiately at Cradnell Stritch College in Milwaukee. He was a four-year starter, four-time all-conference selection, led team to three national tourney berths, three district championships, top 10 in country rankings those three years. Set scoring record with 1,836 points, held for 25 years, currently ranked third all-time. Selected to the Cardinal Stretch Athletic Hall of Fame in 2002. As a coach, Mike is entering his 25th year as head coach, all at St. Francis High School in Wisconsin. He has the most wins of any coach in boys or girls in St. Francis history. He has played, he's have had 43 players receive all-conference recognition in his tenure. He was selected the CNI Newspaper's Coach of the Year in his second season. Also was selected to coach twice in the Wisconsin All-Star Games. He's an advocate for women's basketball in Wisconsin, serving on all-star selection committees and on state's Miss Basketball Committees. Also, he has coached 20 years of AAU basketball with clubs that compete on the national level. Between high school and AAU, he has coached over 30 kids that have went on to play basketball in college at all levels, ranging from D1 to JUCO. Coach Mike is is, um, really excited to talk to him. He's one of those guys that really listens to our podcast. He was really, he contacted me um, about our podcast we've had about the system coaches that I've had on there. And he runs the system at St. Francis. I'm excited just to pick his brain. I love talking to high school coaches who run the system because it's so rare. Uh, And most of these coaches have been very successful. I'm going to pick his brain on what he's doing. Hopefully we can kind of share some thoughts and hopefully he can learn something. I can learn something, but I tell you, I'm really excited to be, uh, be interviewing this great coach, Mike Stolowski from St. Francis, St. Francis high school. Mike, welcome. Beginning. It's like, Hey, just got to make sure like with our players, man, we got to make sure we connect. Right. Yeah, that's definitely. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little bit old school. So sometimes this modern technology gets to me. Oh, man, I feel the same way, man. I'm getting older and older. I'm not getting younger. These kids, man, these kids nowadays, man, they got technology down uh, to an art, man. Um, but thank you for coming on. Man. I, I I tell you what, I love, I love interviewing high school coaches like yourself, particularly guys that are trying the system, man. I think it's so unique and rare. But before we do that, hey, tell me about yourself. And tell our listeners about where you're from, what your journey is, how you got into coaching. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, from St. Francis, Wisconsin, it's a suburb of Milwaukee, about 10,000 kids. Our school is about 500 students with 60% uh, coming from Milwaukee. Um, our community is an older community. Uh, started, I played basketball through high school, got a chance to play in college. Um, had a few interests to go overseas, and that kind of fell through. At that point, I still wanted to stay in touch with the game. Um, and through college, I had actually been coaching one of my nieces' uh, fifth and sixth grade teams. I started doing some junior high, eventually became a JV for a couple of years, and then took over to varsity. 
job at my alma mater where I'm still at, St. Francis. I'll be going to my year, uh, year 25 as the head coach there this year. Yeah, and, and tell me a little bit about, first of all, I don't know too many coaches that have been at the same school for 25 years. That's what I know about in Milwaukee. But out here in Georgia, man, coaches move around like crazy. How have you become so loyal to this school? As I said, I, it, it's a school I went to. It's a community I still live in. Um, I actually never even really applied for jobs until about three, four years ago. I applied for three jobs, uh, got to the finalist in one, um, actually get, took another job on a Sunday and Tuesday, tried to hand in my letter of resignation, start crying like a little girl, and uh, ended up rescinding that later that day. Um and the one I didn't get was where uh, Arike Ngubulale played at, actually. I didn't get interviewed at that one, but I had, I had some ties to that place. Um, then I realized that, you know, I, I just love working with kids and uh, making them better. That's my main goal. Make them better and provide a positive experience. Obviously, we're competitors. We like to win. But uh, I enjoy where I'm at, the administration. I thought directors let, let, me, let me do my own thing. Parents are good parents. Kids are good kids. Why leave? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree because it's not like that everywhere. Uh, I guess when you find that niche, you stay, right? You don't want to leave, right? Is that good advice for other coaches? Yeah, I would say so. Don't you know? Don't always chase what's a glamorous job. Find you know. I, I think you referenced the book. Uh, make the big time where you're at. You know, make it make it the best job. It, it might not be the top job and make it your top job. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And I, you know, you, you see a lot of coaches kind of the merry-go-round, they, they go in from one place to another. And I, I've had my share of jobs and so forth, but I did late in my career find out that I need to be a K five PE teacher. I absolutely love that at a small school. Um, and sometimes it takes a while to figure that out. Looks sounds like you figured that out early. So um, credit to you for finding that out. Actually, you know, after after not playing, I, I kind of uh, bounced around trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life because I thought I was going to go overseas and play basketball a couple of years. I had my sights set going to Australia. Then I kind of bounced around and then got a job in the school system running an in-school suspension program for a couple of years, and there was no program to model, so we kind of had to do it on our own. And then – um. Then I fell into working with special ed kids where I'm at now at the high school level, which which I thoroughly enjoy. So that between the special ed work and the, the basketball, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm satisfied. I'm not going to get rich or anything um, financially, but it's something I enjoy. And I, that would be the biggest thing. Find something you enjoy and stick with it. Yeah, it's so true. Um, <clears throat> and coaching is one of those things you just – First of all, you got to have a passion for it, right? And it sounds like you do. Special ed teachers, to me, are very unique. You got you got to be a special breed uh, to work with those kids and have the patience, right, to work with because that that's a special occupation there. Yeah, and I, I think that carries it's it's a good carryover into basketball too. Not you know not if a kid has special needs, but I think each kid. You know, it, it does give us a little bit more patience between, you know, working with that and then obviously uh, faith-based part of my life gives me the, the patience to, to handle anything that's kind of thrown with me. Not to say I don't make mistakes. We all do, but hopefully you limit them and don't make big mistakes. 
Yeah, so true. That's great wisdom. Uh, you probably know Steve Collins out there in Milwaukee. Uh, he's actually coming to speak at my clinic. Um, he's, this is his second year coming out. Hey, tell me about the great coaches in Wisconsin. Um, and I've interviewed a few of them. And also tell me, like, who are your mentors along the way to help you? Well, obviously you mentioned Steve's on the uh, you know, on the boys' side, about ninety miles away in Madison. He's at, um, you know, in in our area, uh, you know, you look at a Jerry Pettigrew as nine hundred some career wins. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> got Jimmy Gaz. I'm sure you heard that name over at Dominican. Uh, he was at Rufus King for a while. On the, you know, on the girls' side, you got Jeff Pustina, who was also at Cuba City, won a bunch of titles. Um, there's a bunch of my, my mentors, uh, my high school coach. I had a great high school coach named Terry Banker that played at uh, Drake back in the 70s. Kind of got, got the bug planted in me. Um, my college coach, I had two, a guy named Dave Markson for a year, and then he left. And then a, a gentleman named Tom Moore was my coach for three years, my final three years. Uh, them and then I just I, you know I read a lot I I, I, take, I like a lot of John Wooden stuff um, Al McGuire I tried to take a little bit from everybody now obviously a Tony Bennett uh, I like a Tony Bennett type guy and then obviously all the system coaches got me going on that Doug Porter Dave Arsenal Jr. Uh, Gary Smith um, Bob Belf I'm sure you've heard of that name sure all sure. of them all of them guys a guy named Bruce Bailey. Right when I before I did the system the first time I he's doesn't get the name recognition but he coached at Glad's Gladbrook Rhinesback in Iowa school about okay. two hundred and uh, he was a system guy and back then he in, in early two thousands he had a record nationally I think for the most threes between him and an opponent and he put up a couple hundred points between them at the time it was a state record um I went down and watched him scrimmage and that kind of convinced me. That was actually a thing that kind of pushed me and said, yeah, you can do this. So, yeah, make sure you send me that information because I love to talk to uh, – so that's Bruce Bailey? Bruce Bailey, yeah, yeah I believe he, he got out, but now he's back in it. <laughs> yeah, you never get out, Coach. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, hey, tell me now, let's talk about the system because I am just well, – I'm entering my first year using it, and I've been very familiar with it. Uh, matter of fact, I spoke to Doug Porter at a clinic recently. Uh, he's been great helping me out. Um, first of all, why did you become a system coach? A system coach? As I uh, I mentioned to you, what I what I'd done is I I don't like to jump into things without researching it thoroughly. So I really kind of researched it for about a year ahead of time. And then they always say there's a saying. I think Doug Porter has said, "You either got to be a little crazy or desperate." to do system and I think at that point in my we had, had some good teams and then we were struggling to compete and I think I got to that point where I was both a little crazy and a little desperate I figured why not and to be honest that first time I did the first go around it was the most relaxing year of coaching I ever had great kids um, yeah. they enjoyed it uh, you know you're not stressing out about each possession uh, it, it just was it just was fun to coach. Yeah, there's no doubt it's fun on that. And I've, I've always wanted to do it and never had the guts to do it. And I've always had some pretty good teams. And I felt like probably very similar to yours. I've had average players and I never felt like I had the talent. But what doing more of my research and tell me if I'm wrong, 
you can win with average talent using the system, right? Oh, definitely. What I when I mentioned Gladbrook when I went down there, I, you know, I, I thought you have to have stud athletes. You know, they they can get up and down the court. They have to, you know, super skill. I went down. No offense to to their program. It was a small town, about 100, 200 kids. In fact, I went running the evening I got there. There wasn't even sidewalks in the town. It was that small. <laughs> and and uh, they, they didn't have stud athletes. They had small town kids. And, and you know, they were able to put up 90, 100. And I figured, oh, I, you know, we got at least those type of athletes. Now, you know, if you got stud athletes and, you you know, you got 10 D1 type kids on your team, would, would I do it? I... It never will happen to me, but I, I still think I would. I think it would still be effective. Yeah, because I guess what some of the issues are where you, when you have talent players, the they go, oh wait a second, now you're subbing me out like after a minute. You know, I mean that that's that's the major issue, right, Coach? Yeah, we we uh, I reference we had a kid the last two years who's led the conference in scoring. Her dad had played Division One basketball. And I was real hesitant. In fact. When we went back to it a year and a half ago, we went, I would say, 75%, which is a mistake. But um, I was a little hesitant how he would react. But then she's putting up, you know, 24, 12, five steals and being more productive in limited time. And my thing to her and to him is she can't go for longer. Now, we would the first year we double shifted with our with our shifts. Last year when we did it, her numbers didn't go down, and we, we pretty much straight, you know, 40 seconds to a minute, sub her out. And she was able to put those up. I think if, I don't know, if think you play conventional, she would have struggled to get enough shots off. Um, and when you're productive, you know, you get that top kid to buy in. You know, that that's 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 a key thing. I sat down and talked to her about it. That's, that's a key thing to do if someone's going to go to that, say, make sure. Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram. All right, here we go. I'm hey, back. welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. Great to be back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you were talking about a really important subject with the system is that if you have a talent play, talented player, and I have one, and I'm still using the system, and I, I, I think it allows, like you were saying, um, to her to be fresh more often to create more efficiency, right? Definitely, and um... – what what it what it did for us? The other kids we had were so inexperienced. It sounds like your t- surrounding squads better than what we had. Um, the other kids can contribute, and they you know if you play conventional and grind out every possession, it, it's easier to defend her. I think get her on transition and quickening the pace was to our to our favor. A lot of times with her, we ended up where the possession would start with her on a rebound and end with her getting a layup or a three attempt on the other end. So that was good for us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you went what what was your platoon system yeah you, you platoon five in five out or tell me about that too yeah the so we did two things the first time the first time we did uh did about 2011 12 we would go we would double shift kids and we did that uh year and a half ago we would double shift our best kid so she would play 65 to 70 percent of the game and then uh last year we were pretty much 50 50 we pretty much went five in five out our, we'd predetermine it my uh assistant would have the chart on the bench and he would call it out and you know remind him who's going in because at times we'd mix it just a little but uh last year we were pretty much five in five out um usually two two groups and then a third kind of a mix of the first kids and couple thrown thrown in there. But pretty much, yeah, uh, we've done it both ways. Double shift to get this, the star player more time and then just gone straight five and five. We're definitely five and five for the foreseeable future just because we don't have the stud coming through. Yeah, and that's a figure out as well. Um, I'm not quite sold on that. Um but hopefully down the road, as our numbers get up, I wish I had 15 where I can rotate. So I got to intermix. Uh, give me some advice on that. I have probably – I have, this year I'll probably have 12 on that. Uh, give me some ideas with a team of 10 to 12. Yeah, with 10 to 12, I, uh, 10 I would probably definitely look at uh, double shifting, you know, your better kids and maybe keeping uh, – you know, two or, we kept two or three kids from the first group in and would double shift them and then try to try to mix it that way. It, I think you need uh, – we've done tw- 12, you can go five and five. We just had two groups of six more or less and would sub one kid in each group. Ten's getting a little dangerous. We've, we've had to been – with injury or illness, did it with nine or eight, but it makes it real tough. You Then you're kind of – Right. You're not so much true – it, it it affects your situation a bit. Um, I can send you some stuff too on uh, what I got from Glad the uh, Glassburg team. How he double shift and we kind of based ours off of that. We we um basically what you're doing. So like shift one and two, your star would be in, and they would be out with three, and they'd be back four or five. If you got you know if you're going through five lines and then going back to the beginning. So they're still getting. I think we figured out it was sixty-seven to seventy percent of the playing time, which was good for us. Yeah, and that's what pretty much I did this summer. I would say um, I would have her kind of in shift one and two, give her a break three, come back four or five, and of course I had more numbers. I was actually playing some of my middle school just to kind of get a feel for that. Um, but yeah, I think you just have to adjust, but. If you're going to be, I, I do feel like the fresh legs, I think, overcomes a lot of teams, Coach, because I think most coaches, don't you agree, they'll play five or six. I think you can wear teams out big time. Yes, definitely. You know, I, I, the theory is, you know, my five can't maybe match at your five, but I'm going to play 12, 13, 15, and your five are going to get tired eventually, you know, at that pace because they don't practice at that pace. Now, obviously, if a team's overly talented, they're gonna they're gonna beat you anyways. But right. um, you can you can knock some teams off. You can hang you can hang with it. And the thing you'll find out, as you know, is those kids that you don't think could develop <clears throat> can develop quicker. One, because you're putting them out there, you're giving them a chance. And two, you know, as they say, you either got to be a great defender, great rebounder, a great shooter. 
to me, actually, if you just play hard, you can help out. Now, if you're not playing hard, obviously you, you're not you're not going to benefit us. Uh, you know, I just yeah, it would be hard for me to go back and play play any other way. To be honest, I think too you can spend more practice time. I'm sure we'll get around to practice time that sure. on skill development. So kids are developing skills quicker than they would in a conventional system. If you're running the flex or the swing or you know whatever basic motion type stuff. Yeah, I do think you you just this intentionally focus on skill development, player development, which to me is the ultimate. That's what you have to do. I don't think it's done enough in schools. Hey, tell me about your know your nose. I love that. I was reading some of your material. Um, I really like that. So talk about. These are the daily actions that you want demonstrated by your your players. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's something we kind of based off of um, stuff from uh, Don Showalter with USA Basketball. Mm-hmm. That and Master Your Abilities. I kind of based off some gold standards that he had for the Olympic team, and kind of said, "Here's some things you know we 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 don't want in our program. No excuses. You know, no lack of effort. I don't know the exact, but." You know, there's certain things that are non-negotiable. You got, you know, you better be a good teammate. You better give effort. Try to leave all the outside noise on, you know, on the outside. Um, things like that. Things that I'm sure every coach has preached. We just had that on one side of master your abilities, and we had them sign off. Just something I, I think sometimes get too hung up on talent and, you know, being reliable, being there every day, being accountable for your actions, that, that sort of stuff. And, you know, know, know what we don't want. We're not going to hit you over the head with it, but this, this isn't acceptable here. You know, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't be a poor teammate. Don't show bad, bad, bad body language, you know, that little things that'll carry on hopefully off the court for them too, that they can, you know, take to their daily life's classroom, that sort of thing. Yeah, you're trying to make them better people. I mean, that's that's. All. I think your best coaches do that, and I think that results usually in a good final result. But a lot of times, it's not about results, right, coach? I mean, it's about helping better people. But usually, what happens, right? You oh, yes, win. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you do things the right way, I always say the basketball gods have a way of of rewarding you. And you know, it is about the process. It's definitely about the process, but you know, let's not kid ourselves. We we all like to win. If there's an option, winning and losing, I'll, I'll take the winning part. Yeah, no doubt. But but don't you feel like with the system? And I know I felt it this summer. Even when we lost, we won. Definitely. I, I, I you know, I know it's going to sound maybe contradictory. I just say about compete. I love to compete, but I think in some situations you got to be realistic and. I know my chances ever playing for the gold ball or championship in the state are <clears throat> are very slim. So I need to provide a, a positive experience for the girls in the program, get them better every day, a positive experience, and teach them some life skills that are going to make them productive, you know, wives, nurses, teachers, whatever profession, whatever walk of life they choose to do. I always tell them the ball is going to stop bouncing, and that's what I'm, I'm preparing you for that day. If you're fortunate – to get a chance to play after, that's great. But uh, for most of you, this will be it. So let's make it an enjoyable experience for you and for me, both. Yeah, no doubt. And, and um, 
Yeah, I just love. I think your I think your best coaches just create that that family atmosphere where you're teaching values, you're teaching all those things that will carry over later on. Coach, tell me about your system game goals. Uh, ours is 80 shots, so on and so on. Offensive rebounds, 26 force turnovers, all that. What are your system goals? Yeah, we're we're pretty standard. We're at the 80, looking to get up uh, half of them being threes. Uh, that we we went this year. We're gonna go to the offensive rebound differential uh, that George Barber okay. talked about using that formula. Uh, we're gonna go to that, and then obviously the turnovers. Now shot differential. I think talking with Coach Porter and others, school. I think we're we're gonna do twenty, uh, twenty five. I think is some. I think we're gonna do twenty, um, and and that uh, you know I think them goals are are great. Uh, a great, like you said, even when you lose, you you know you can post them up in the locker room. Hey, we reached three of our five goals. And as you know, if you reach a good number of them, the percentages are with you that you're going to get the win. And it gives you know, as with any any goal, a kid's got something to shoot for. It. You know, hey, how how do we do, coach, on this? How do we do on that? The shot part's not not a hard coach, one. You know, some of the other ones are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right, and um, I just think the I think they're to me they're fun and enjoyable goals. I mean, I think sometimes we focus. I think we grind out, we we grind out too much. One thing I love about the system, it's all about enjoyment. And my players talk about, coach, we can now play with freedom. That's important. Yeah, I mean, it. Being a, as I said, I'm a bit old school, but you know what? If if nowadays, especially and I don't know if it is in George, when Wisconsin numbers in girls basketball are at a serious decline. In fact, I sat on a committee with our state organization, um, and I think we're going to revisit about the lack of numbers in girls basketball in the state. We're just losing them. Uh, you know, teams that go to the state tournament, I you know, 17, 18 girls left in the program, and uh, you know. We, We've been down to a part of that enrollment, but you know, I think if it's not fun for kids, they're probably gonna not stick with it for four years. Unfortunately, not like when you and I play. I think we're in the same age range that we're happy to have a uniform on, you know, and be part of a team. Where now, you better be in, better. You know, I used to think, oh, why fun? It's you got you better make it fun and enjoyable, and you got to give them a chance to participate. I promise each kid and parent at our parent meeting early in the year that. I'm probably the only sport that's going to guarantee your kid will play if they're at practice. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's good for team morale. Um, I mean, you will get more kids out because kids nowadays, if they're not seeing the, the court, I mean, they're gone. They're, I mean, they're gone. Um, <clears throat> and I, I wish more coaches would act. Hey coach, this is Brad Shutter calling from Plymouth, Wisconsin. I um, want to thank you for doing the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I am an elementary fire ed teacher and a girls basketball coach, so we have a lot in common. I like the fact that you um, do a mix of both of the fire ed teachers and the coaches as well. Um, keep up the great work, um, and once again, appreciate um, all you do to grow the game. Thanks. I'm back again. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I love what you were saying about numbers declining. And I, it looks like to me, softball is increasing and volleyball. Kind of give me give me your feedback. I don't know if it's the same in Wisconsin, but it sure sounds like that. 
Yeah, volleyball kills us up here. The club volleyball season runs runs their club season during, um, you know, during basketball season. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 takes a decent number, and uh, you know, actually, it's like our dance palms program takes takes some kids in a school of six hundred. You know, and some of that's inflated um, with where enrollment comes from. It, uh, you need to get every athlete, and you can't afford to lose and you know, coaches pushing them towards specializing, which my best kids that went on to play college have been at least two, most of them three sports standouts. You just, I'm not a big specialization and I coach AAU basketball for the last 20 years, but boy, I really think it's kids should play. Kids should play as many sports as they can. They they only go through it once. So enjoy it. And and plus usually they're not the star in every sport. So they learn how to perform different roles. Yeah, and the, and the stats are proving, and the college coaches are saying that um, they're looking for multiple sport athletes simply because they got multiple skills, right? Def- definitely, and and you look at uh, it was some crazy stat about in the NFL the players drafted how high of a percentage were were multi sport athletes in high school. It's just a, a, an astounding. Now that's at the highest level. Obviously, those k- kids are gifted, but you know, I think there's such a carryover. You know, you may not, you know, maybe to start basketball, but you might be uh, backup in in softball, or you're not the stud in volleyball, but you learn how to play different roles, so you understand everybody's role on the team. Because in, in a system, you do need everybody. You can't, you know, you got to have everybody on board, and everybody's got to contribute to make it successful. I believe. Yeah, that's a great point. And not only that, I mean, I, I even like I, – I have some kids right now that are not playing a fall sport, and I um, I would actually rather see them play a run cross country so they're still competing in the fall and getting conditioned. Um, but I have some kids that absolutely love the game. They come to the workouts all the time and so forth. Hey, tell me a little bit about that. What are you doing, like, now for player development? Is that something you guys really believe in? Uh, we really stress a lot in, in, in the summer, uh, you know, we do skill development three times a week. We don't, we don't, leagues have kind of died up here more or less. So we've gone to that model. We had a great turnout in the fall. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to coming up here in October, we're going to open up on some Saturdays and kids. But my thing is if a kid's in a fall sport, I, I won't allow them to come to it. I don't want to be. I don't want to be hypocritical. I would, I would hope this they would give me the same thing during the winter and you know not be sure. using using my ath- our athletes to uh during our season just I'd hate to see a kid, you know, get injured or go to the next sport tired. So we kind of you know, it's a I don't know what the season runs there. It's a November to almost March here. So we kind of give them this September first couple weeks of October off before we get into open gyms and that sort of thing. And, you know, is it the best Island? There's programs that continue to go. I just, I want a kid fresh as it is a grind, you know, and you're pushing them pretty hard with the system. So I think part of it, you know, being fresh and hopefully you make up for it in the off season when you really develop in that summer. I'd love to have the kid, you know, the kids that you're talking about that, we're basketball only, and we've had some, but we found out as time goes on, there's less and less of those kids. Right. So we try, you know, 
we try to do as much work as we can and stress you get there in the summer and get them workouts in so i think we got like 24 27 workouts in with them yeah i kind of like what you summer um we go to team camps and we practice i'll be honest with you games are important i think you're better off almost doing skill development sessions and strength training during that time now of course it's not as much fun not as much team bonding but I think you might get more out of that. What's your philosophy on team camps in the summer? Because that's 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 really popular, right? Uh, up up here, it's 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 really not as it's it's strange up here. So it used to be your top kids would go play AAU June July. Now it's kind of watered down, where you know not only the top kids are. It's AAU is for land, you know. It's growing. It's growing real big. Team camps and team leagues have somewhat. I think they're they're more popular, like in Illinois, Indiana, the Minnesota range. They're not. There's not. To be honest, there's not a lot of them. Um, you know, local universities, Marquette, uh, UWM. You know, obviously Wisconsin. They'll do. They have run team camps. I wouldn't say they're overly, overly big draws. Um, that's one good thing I think with the system it bonds you together because everyone, as I, as we talked about, everyone is expected to contribute. Everyone does contribute. So you don't have, you know, your star five that are always on the court and, and, uh, and, and we have a excellent boys coach, but he actually had a game last year where there was no substitution at all in the whole game. He played five kids the whole way. <laughs> That's great for the five right. kids, but as you and I know, Six through ten, eleven are sitting on the bench. I don't. It's not like the old days. They're not happy with the win. They're thinking, "Why didn't I get my playing time?" So I think the system kind of bonds you in a way that conventional basketball doesn't. If that makes any sense, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, and I'm sure that's putting pressure on him. Thinking like. The girls program has a you know, every kid playing. You would think he would say, "All right, you know, maybe." Because I, I, I think I think you got to have a happy bench, and I, I know that sounds um, maybe not realistic and so forth. But I do think um, happy players, particularly at the girls level, I think you can win a lot of games based on just a happy. Oh, game. oh, definitely. Girls are so much more relationship based how they how they feel how you make them feel you know I, i've only coached i've coached one boys team years and when i first started i coached like a sixth grade but just watching I, um some of the stuff that you see good boys coaches i don't want to say get away with but do if you did any girls they'd be done you would lose you would you would lose them and you know you got to coach to what you got but i think you also got to coach to your personality if you're control if you're a control freak the system's probably not for you because you got to give up. You got to give up sure. control. You, you know, you can't be a, you can't be a Bobby Knight style uh, and and run the system. I think you, you know the guys you've met, uh, Coach Porter, uh, David Arsenal Jr. All those guys are have the right personality to to coach the system. I don't think everyone could coach the system um, if they're not willing to give up control. Yeah, there's a lot of control coaches out there. I'm telling you on that. It's always fun coaching um, coaches that, you know, are calling plays every possession. And then we're our coaches are sitting on the bench 
just rotating players in. It's always fun doing that, right, Mike? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny. When I first saw it, um, you know, David Arsenal Sr. at Grinnell would actually sit on the end, and then I saw his son doing that. I haven't got to that point where I can sit down and, and, and uh, just fold my <laughs> yeah. hands like they do. I remember I heard one system coach at a clinic said he would go out to the local gas station, pick up a – 32 ounce soda bring it to the end of the bench sit down and have have the chair on the end and you know i, I still stand i'm gonna try i i've tinkered with that but then i'm thinking you know what are parents gonna think oh he's not coaching because the other guy's up and down the, but realistically yeah. once the game's going you know as uh, the great john wooden once said by the time the game's coming it, I, they shouldn't really need me that much you know I'm there to give them give them some tidbits, encouragement. But if I'm, you know, obviously adjustments in the locker room and stuff. But that's that's too late if you're gonna, if you're going to micromanage. You know, it's not like it's a video game where you're controlling each player's move, moves. I think some coaches still enjoy yeah, that. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. There's so much overcoaching going on, and I've been guilty of that. Um, and I think coaches coach better when they're calmer and their demeanor is more, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I don't coach as well when I'm standing up, but I'm standing up all the time. I need, I, and that's just, that's discipline on my part, but I, I think you need to be more controlled as a coach. I think that's, and I know you got to do your individual personality, but um, I think sometimes you get in the way as a coach when you're up running the sidelines. Yeah. What do, you do, do you, um, do you substitute or do you have an assistant substitute when you do shift changes? Is that yours or is that an assistant's job? Well, we have, we have kind of been, uh, we experimented with a system. That's, that's, um, we already have a set um, arrangement as far as substitutions go. Um, and we have, what we do is we call it our, our fist, our, our, our core values. We have, the family team, the integrity, service, toughness, and that's how we rotate different teams in. Uh, but my, my assistant's in charge of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, sent, I sent the chart. What we do is, as I said, we, we meet the night before after practice. And we we make it up now what throws a monkey wrench if a kid's sick or, uh, you know, gosh forbid they get in trouble at school and they can't play. It kind of throws it, but we, we were able to adjust. And, and he basically, once the game's going on, now, I always have veto power. Like, if there's a timeout, I might say, hey, stick with this group. Or if a kid hit a couple, and we don't do it much because then you're you're tinkering with the rest period. But at times, you'll, you'll ride a group maybe a 10 seconds longer. Um, that's all predetermined. Uh, so during the game, yeah, I, you know, I'm really debating about sitting down and relax. I think the kids are more relaxed when you're not wandering up and down the sidelines. And I'm – I'm into it. I, I do, you know, subconsciously, I'm sure you do stuff like maybe stop your feet or roll your eye. You know, you do stuff you don't even realize you're doing, but the kids catch it, especially girls. So if you're sitting, I think there's less, less things to do. Again, I hate to reference the great John Wooden, but he won a heck of a lot of games sitting down. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, um, talking about, you know, the great John Wooden won a ton of games sitting down, uh, as you said, I think you're, you're distracting and the kids are focusing on your actions. And are, totally. Are, yeah, I, I think you know, we, we actually played, I got to get you the name of uh, 
team that set the national record for three is a girls' high school, about 1,500 kids down in Illinois, Fenton okay. High School. Guy named Coach Dave Mello. He had taken the job, and they had um, struggled to break thirty and get wins. And he's had them up over fifty a game. They actually shot over thirteen hundred and ten threes in a season. Wow. We we actually we met through the run and gun group. We scheduled a game, but unfortunately, we our point guard was out. Our star, our second and third string guards were out. They, uh, it was a it was a disaster as far as the final. It was it it was ugly. I think it was like seventy five to ten or they were, you know like the system people were disowning me. I think, but it was great to see him and he loved the experience of coming up. But they shot like seventy five threes. They didn't shoot a great wow. percentage. They didn't shoot a great yeah. percent. But again, to me, that was a great learning experience. He went and played the uh, Chicago Marshall. Who's, one of the top city teams with Dorothy Gators, a legendary coach in that area, and got beat, you know, 90-some to 20. He said, but he'll take the beating if you learn from it. And that's what, you know, I went down and watched that film. In fact, he's only done it a couple years, but we stole some practice ideas that we put in from him. Uh, After the season, I asked for game film, and we kind of went back, and I, you know, I got too much time on my hands, but I I, I went down and (laughs) – Three games, I marked how long it took him to get a, a shot off and what was the average amount of passes before they shot. And it was it was kind of staggering. It kind of gives me more goals to shoot. You know, I think they were like under six seconds and averaged like maybe one and a half passes per possession before a shot. Now, the purists would argue about the quality of the shot, but then I would say, you can't rebound a turnover. You get up on the board and you go get a chance to go get the second chance three or a putback. You know, you, if you're going to go system, you got to live with some quote unquote bad shots. Yeah. And, and make sure I get his information. Cause I would love to, I, I'm really trying to get as many as you um, system coaches as possible and so forth. Uh, talk about your, now let's, let's, let's kind of delve into that because I, I mean, I love the three-point shot at the girls' level. And I think I think it's hard to get – we also drive and kick as well. But, man, we jack those threes up big time. Um, tell me about your offensive system and tell me about is it drive and kick, five out. Tell me about how you try to score. We've done, we've done it two ways. So, uh, the first go around with it, um, we ran the old Grinnell triple stagger for a shooter – and we had a we had a kid that averaged um, eleven point two three point attempts per game doing that. Um, our trail three would our trailer would also get threes, and our point guard, who was an average player that year, um, led the conference in free throw attempts because we'd clear the right side out. She would triple stagger on the opposite, and sure. then she'd have the right side basically free to, to do to drive, and she was didn't have to be great. Now, when we had our last player, Kiara, we did more drive and kick. Uh, a lot of times we just let her go until stopped. And then uh, probably our second best option this past year was the trail, and that was just more by talent. If she didn't get anything, we'd spin back and kick back to the trailer, kick out to that right wing. Um, I'm curious. I'm actually anxious to see. Now, to me, I think, the foreseeable future will be a more true system without that star. Um, so we're, we're going to try to get something early and then really not get too complicated. Um, 
try to do whatever we're going to do, do it against man or zone so they're not thinking. We actually get a lot of teams at our conference that, that zone up on us. Um, so we have to, you know, have a little thing, try to keep it simple, less thinking. I think I've gone too complicated a couple of years ago. I went down to the clinic at Grinnell and Dave Arsenal Jr. is talking about this swing, swing action. And I'm like, boy, that's great. But then you try doing it with your team and you're like, okay, it's can't do too many things. I think I heard Tony Bennett say it on a podcast. He said he got it from Vince Lombardi and he says, just have simplicity with of execution. And I think that's a great, sure. that's a great thought. You know, just do, you can't do everything soup well, but what you do, do really well. You know, what are we going to do yeah, with that's... an offensive rebound? We're going to run the floor. As you, sure. I think you referenced, you know, most girls' teams are not going to shoot a, a great percentage. Then you better be stressing offensive rebounds and getting that second chance three or because the numbers do go up on that second chance or the putback, you know, if they got a chance for a putback. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I just, uh, yeah, I just think it's the, the freedom and the kids, you don't have to be a great shooter. And we, you know, like all of us, we'll shoot a, we'll shoot a good number of threes in practice. But I think just telling kids, Hey, you have the freedom. You know, I, some coaches, well, you got to earn the green light. I, we give everyone the green light. Now, obviously by, by design, some kids aren't going to get, you know, whoever the, the rim runner obviously isn't going to get a ton of threes. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think I think we overcoach offense big time because I think coaches uh, try kind of put in their personalities and try to, hey, if I put in a lot of sets and plays, boy, I'm a great coach. I'll be honest with you, every possession, you can literally have no plays and kids will still get open shots if they know how to play. Um, well, definitely. And, and- – I don't know about you, but I got a cabinet full of like forty offensive DVDs over the years. I, if if there's been an off, if there's an offense out there, I've I've, I've tried. You can you can name it. And uh, when I went to the system, I'm like, boy, what? One, I could have saved a lot of money, but two, it like you said, it's not about it's not about the plays. Uh, I think I heard uh, is it the old Abe Lemons once said, "There's two great plays in the world." It's Romeo and Julian and put the ball in a dang basket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I've seen it. I'm telling you, I, and I'm, you know, of course I'm not going to mention any coaches names, but I seen teams um, when they practice, it's not a lot of shooting. It's all execution. And then when I watch them in the game, they execute for like 30 seconds. They miss the shot. And it's like, I'm not sure the value of that. I just, particularly with teams that don't have talent. Um, now, you're eating up time, but usually what happens is that usually they turn the ball over. Um, and particularly teams that don't have a lot of talent, I think you get up as many shots as possible and then really work on crashing the boards with four or five players. Definitely. Like when, when, So we started our year with our star playing, and she was out six, seven games with a high ankle sprain. And then, so our numbers dipped. But then when she came back and the other kids developed, we were getting 85, 90 shots. And, and we were – seven of our first ten were freshmen or sophomores playing. We had started four freshmen that 
realistically probably wouldn't start on JV teams, but we're, you know, because of the system, we're able to contribute and, and develop quicker. I think kids develop quicker playing the system than if they're running, you know, nothing wrong to those people that run controlled offenses. I think it stymies the development of kids sometimes. I totally agree. And I, I, I've done it. And I'm telling you from my heart that I've done it. And, um, we all and have. Now, I mean, we're all guilty. <laughs> we're, I mean, um, but hey, tell me about, give me, all right, tell me about, you mentioned, what are you doing now, uh, particularly with your break? Are you running a rim runner? Are you, um, are you setting, are you, are you just spread and drive kick? What, what particularly, and maybe you already said it, maybe I dismissed it. What are you trying to do with your offense? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to run, we're going to run to the rim. Actually, you know, we run the alley to get a better angle. So we have run on most high school courts, the volleyball line. We don't really want a rim. That's a, I think it's a tougher pass to make and to catch more or less to catch. Then we run to the deep corners with our, uh, with our wings. We're telling our point guard, if you don't pitch ahead to one of the wings um, by half, then look to cross over. Cause that, that left corners will 99% of the time be open. If defenses that do it are taught, or we really like the option because of our personnel of getting, if the, if you're not pitching ahead to the right wing or the, the, the rim runner, we'll call her, or the, we call it the, uh, you know, the alley runner, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Then get a piece of the paint and give that little European pitch back to the trail because our trail player is a pretty good offensive player. So we like her shooting a three or driving against a, a big gap. Now, if, if, it, if, it would, if it would break down, as soon as we get a reversal, what we're going to do, if we, so we're coming down and they haven't kicked it ahead. They reverse to the trail. We're going to have that point guard go on a sharp 45, not a basket cut, to the to the left corner if we're coming down the right side. And then that, that trail player has what we like to call triple gap to drive through. If you can imagine the spot, if you can – and then that, that left corner spots up so that that uh, trail player then has – they're looking to go – one, hit the quick three. If not, drive. If they're stopped, that right wing will be wide open for a pitch. So we talk about, use the terminology, you have someone in the taillights, in your headlights, and at a 45, if you can imagine. So the natural pitch would be, sure. you know, you're, you're figuring a car. Some You got to use terms they can relate. Headlights, someone you can see. Taillights, someone behind you to pitch back to. And then at the 45. So you want to know where everyone's at. You're not searching to see where they're at you know and the terminology you keep rephrasing now if they pitch ahead to wing and they don't have a you know let's say they give it to them early which we're not a big because in girls it's hard for a girl to catch compose and then shoot a three so if she kicks if she right. kicks early we're looking for that right wing to drive and then that drift pass the point will follow behind to that corner so again you got headlight tail lights that wing that uh the trail can kind of go to the uh 45 spot and that rim runner will just kind of you know kind of square up in the middle of the paint for another another option so we're not we're really not trying to get too complicated against the zone i think this year i think we're gonna go just getting a kid in the middle get a quick reversal set a ball screen again trying to create that big gap to drive and make you commit you're either going to help or we're going to get a get a layup attempt or 
if you help, we're going to go where you help from and get a three. Yeah. And that's, I, I love that. Matter of fact, I love the simplicity though. And it is that simple, uh, particularly getting zone coach. We love zone and we get so many threes. Obviously we get threes on zone because, um, you know, teams don't close out very good in the zone offense, but, um, and I love the fact that you have a high post. We love to have a high post and then skip option. We get a lot of open shots there. But, but you get a lot of inside shots, layups, and so forth. Again. Oh, yeah. We, we, we try to keep that, um, that we, well, we call it on ball. We use terminology or alley, whatever. We try to have her, you know, either – I think Grinnell called it the dunker spot. Obviously, we don't have girls that could dunk otherwise. <laughs> so we try to, we don't space that kid out to the three that much. Um, you know, if she ends up out there somehow, that's fine. But on like a drive baseline, we ever pop into maybe eight feet in front of the rim and get that little. We don't prefer shots inside. We call it no man's land. But, you know, if it's wide open, obviously, you'll take it. You know, we're, we're not. Oh, so you're not. Yes. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. All right, back back at it. Hey, Mike. <laughs> I'm doing it, hey, Coach. Hey, um, hey, uh, hey, before we get on to the practice, just kind of finish up on that point um, on layups versus threes. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, uh, we might be a little different, and I think it's – if teams are so conscious – with our kid of getting to the rim, that'll open up the threes, obviously, for them. We'll, you know, we tell them we want wide open layups, threes, and free throws. Anything else we're not really interested in. Um, sure. You know, obviously. So we're not – I guess if we're going to sacrifice a three or two attempt and get to the rim, I think eventually that evens out. There'll be some teams that will obviously stop you from getting to the rim. And again, that's somewhat personnel, personnel based. The one year when we didn't have a great point guard that could penetrate, we were more three based. This year, our numbers went down, or last year, our numbers went down a little just because our our point guard was so ball dominant. Um, where a lot of possessions stopped and ended with her. I think this year we'll go back and get get it more in threes. You'll see the numbers back up. Um, and again, I think. The beauty of the system is they give you the framework and you, there's a, there's wiggle room on what you want, how you want to do it. I remember there's a great point that David Jr. made that when it first started, it was like you had to follow the blueprint. And, uh, you know, when his dad first started, it was really, he was really about big about getting the numbers and, uh, you know, the 138 points with a Jack Taylor and, the Suns kind of drifted away from that or switched his belief. And, you know, however you want to do it, if it fits into the goals, then do it. You know, there's it's the beauty. And 
Boy, you know, one thing about system coaches, I'm sure you'll find out, they're much more willing to share than than non-system coaches. It's like the non-system coaches think they got a secret that no one else can find out about. When You know, we're all in the same profession. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a unique club. Definitely. You know, Coach Porter's been – been a godsend he's uh you know i will email him regularly he gets back uh, to run into him talk to him i prefer to email i don't like to really bother him phone but he's always there and then i'll i go down and watch the coach bell's practice at st mary's of the woods and then coach glenn down in uh tile event i plan on going down catching coach porters driving down catch at least two of the system teams and they're they're wide open to allowing you allowing you in there to, to see what they see what they're doing, steal a practice drill, or just steal how do they teach it. You know, with Doug starting new, how's he going to implement and what, what can I transfer back to my situation? Realizing college and high school, you got to make the adjustments but for the talent level, but it's, it, it's, it's all very helpful, and they're all very helpful people It's you know willing to share with you. Yeah, there's a lot of great – and what's great is meeting coaches like yourself, there's – I'll be honest with you. There's coaches that now in Georgia that I know that have listened to the podcast and now are running the system. That's great. And, and, and I mean, it's so cool. It's like, man, it's just, that coach, I heard your podcast. I tried the system this year and he said, man, we're doing it. And it's like, that's cool. Unfortunately up here, we're still, um, you know, was this, you know, the Dick Bennett's, had his run here and is a great coach. And so a lot of people, and you had the bull Ryan, if you didn't run the swing and, right. and, and, and <laughs> then, you know, now Tony Ben. So if you don't defend and run the swing, it's almost like, you know, you, you're not, you know, I was always worried, well, what are the peers going to think? But I, then I got to thinking, no, I gotta, I gotta do what's right for me and what I believe. And I can't worry about, you know, what's the way you're supposed to do it. I got to do it what's the way best for kids? I think is the way you need to look at it now. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think it's good. I think it's going to, I think it's going to take over. I, I just see more. I just think more system coaches um, got to get their information out and got to show really why, why they're doing it. And the enjoyment of the game is definitely the most important part and that's going to be a great selling part to getting more kids involved. Yeah, we, we got help up here. Um, I heard you reference that on one of the podcasts when the Bucks were jacking up all the threes. It got, it, you know, it got a lot of publicity. In fact, our local uh, Milwaukee paper ran an article and referenced like five or six, and it reached out to me um, talking about the propensity of threes and that, you know, the Bucks are doing it. That we've kind of all been a little bit ahead of the curve. So I think – as you see, you know, Golden State and more NBA teams are going to it, as you, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, the game, you know, there are a lot of – we're all, we all steal and borrow from each other. So the more I, I think you'll see that filtering down. And as you talked about with newer coaches coming in and, you know, coaches, uh, you're not going to see many coaches grinding out like yourself and I and putting the years in. So I, I think, you you know, hopefully it'll be more adventurous. Swing for the fences. If you miss, at least, you know, at least you're trying. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Coach, talk to me. Um, talk to me about your practice philosophy and system and give me some 
give me some drills, not only for the coach that is running the system, but give me some really some good drills that coaches are that um, can add to their repertoire. Okay, I think um, as we we started out, and I know you've had Coach Porter, we're, 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 and we don't like, we're not a slave to it, but we one third we're trying to spend on skills. One third of the practice breakdown, you know, which includes your five on O and then anything that helps teach if we're working on on full court offense that helps teach that. And then one third of, of scrimmage. And that's the one area, to be honest, that I'm a little bit behind on. I, I, I got to loosen that up and scrimmage more. I just I just don't <laughs> do it. Sure. One thing we stole actually from Coach Mello, I referenced who went system is. I'm sure we all – so after we dynamic stretch, we'll start with a full court sequence where we're going to get them going up and down the court with about 10 or 12 minutes. We'll do a layup chase drill, a 2 on oh pitch ahead drill, one pass, two pass, uh, f- uh, four passers, full court layup, two minutes, and we'll go three on two continuous for about three or four. So for 10 or 12, they're they're going all out. It's it's There's no break in between. We try to be repetitive, maybe switch up one of the drills so they know – Right away after the stretch, and we're going. We're not, you know, we're not going to dilly dally around. We're gonna, you're gonna get up and down the court, full court, get some running in. Then what we do, and and I think any any basketball you play in, at some I'm sure when you played and I played, we did. We do six minutes or thirty six minutes of station work to work on skill development. So we have three kids in a group. Each station is six minutes. The way we do it is two of those stations are three-point stations to work on whether it's off, you know, you got to shoot your shooting gun set up or it's off that the, the second chance three, however you want to do it. One of them is a ball handling. Um, one is something you're lacking in, you know, maybe something if it's a, a passing drill, if your passing's bad that that at that time. And then we, we last year we, because we kind of bought it from them and I'm kind of going to, do away is we did we actually went back and did one of them was a mic and with either a weighted ball or a non-weighted ball i think girls struggle with just that initial put back and fighting through a little contact that that really helped us and you know what i thought how are kids going to react they loved it in fact when we tried to say no no stations today for whatever reason oh come on coach and we would adjust and go back to it because again three minutes they're busting their butt 36 minutes you've worked on a bunch of skills uh you know and it's you're not doing some for 10 15 minutes where as you know kids nowadays want to be entertained um obviously if you're going to do the system you better you better shoot the ball i think a rebounding drill that we did that's um we call it battle zone rebound so you got three teams uh you know you can have as few as you could have as few as four or five kids per team. So let's say you have a blue, a yellow, and then a T-shirt team. So you got three teams. One team's along the lane line, the kids that are not in. Another team's on the lane line. The other team's on the free throw. So you're kind of boxing off the battleground, the lane. One rep from each each team gets in there. Coach shoots it. And once you score, you're out, and another team member gets in there. And then uh, you do it for like okay. eight minutes. And it, if you don't score, you could get in there. Now we've we've never had anyone in there all eight minutes, but you know, and at the end you reward the teams that we always tell them we're not going to punish you for losing. We're going to reward you for not being successful because that's how the world operates, right? We're kind of like 
kid around, <laughs> kid around with them a bit. <laughs> you don't want to use the term punish, but yeah, you know, the winners get out. It gets pretty competitive and you're, again, you're being, you're teaching the aggressiveness on the rebounds, you're teaching being able to fight through as I always tell them refs, you know, refs aren't going to call everything for you. So be, be, be ready for it. And uh, that, that's helped us get a little stronger inside the lane. Uh, you know, I would strongly suggest, and, and we just went to it last year, the, the full court sequence in the station just to kind of set the tone early. And it's a lot of flexibility. You know, if you're not a system coach, okay, there's got to be areas shooting coming off a screen for you. You know, if you're set a lot of down screens or shooting off a flare. And then, you know, I don't know about you, but high school kids can always use fundamental work and gives you a lot of leeway. No doubt. And it's, it's, I think it fits our society now where things need to happen quick. So three minutes is, is your, you know, we, so we'll have a kid go a minute, next kid jump in a minute, next kid jump in. Okay. Then I say the second time through, if you're doing the same, get one better, just get one better than you were before. And, that, and that push yourself to it. You know, you struggle the first time or you weren't hitting shots, make one more the next time. Obviously you'd like it to make more, but, you know, you give them some, give them something that they can attain there. That's been, that's been a. Right. I think that's that's helped us. You know, we all do the fast break cycles. Um, there's different ways you can do that. Uh, we uh, drill called thirty two, thirty two two. So you put ten minutes on. <clears throat> excuse me, ten minutes on the clock. You got to make thirty two layups, thirty two threes, and then two half court shots, with the same person. <laughs> Same person can't make the half court. Wow. Um, that that gets to be a tough one. Uh, we did a shooting drill where uh, we did it with eight kids. You have five basketballs. Them kids are around the arc, the five spots. You got three rebounders, so they got to work a little bit. And you rotate every minute. And within the uh, eight to ten minutes, I think kids are going to be shooting five minutes rather than that way they're moving kids are rebound there's a little chaos to it you know you're not assigned you rebound for Susie Susie rebounds for you know there's five shooters three basketballs you got to move so uh, you know you got to and then you're rotating you just rotate clockwise counterclockwise whatever and you're shooting from all three of the spots I think that's a that's a beneficial three-point shoot and I'm I'm curious I'm uh I'm anxious to steal some of coach Barber's uh shooting drills actually some of the stuff on his on his tape. I'm, I'm looking to implement that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a great, great tape, by the way. Actually, I have it. Um, I, I can't remember some of the drills offhand, um, but he's he's one. He's an underrated coach at a small school. That guy's done some great stuff at a small school college. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend. Yeah, coach that, that that that's great. an excellent excellent tape. Uh, and I, you know, I reached out and let him let him know I appreciate the tape. I'm gonna try to. It looks like they're gonna try. I don't know if you've caught on that email. It looked like in spring they're gonna try to do a clinic in the Midwest. Barber, Porter, Glenn, and one of the Arsenals together, and Bob Belf. They they couldn't okay. do it. Um, they couldn't organize it in the fall, but they're looking to get one in the Midwest someplace nearby in, in spring, Bob, Bob had reached out and said, are you familiar with Bob Belf at all? He'd be a good interview too. 
actually I have. I tried to get a hold of him. You gotta I tried to get a hold of him, but he he did not have his internet service. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I gave him a hard time. He's a great guy. He's a great guy and he's been very helpful. Um you know, he was assistant down at Grinnell and now he's running system and sure. I went down and watched him practice uh last series down in Terre Haute at St. Mary's of the Woods and uh yeah he's 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 always been really good as far as reaching out and, uh, you know, when you reach out to them doing, being, being ready to help, be real helpful with, with, uh, doing stuff. I, I'm sure you agree running system practices are much more enjoyable than, than non-system practice. I, I couldn't imagine going back. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, just the spirit of practice. Uh, but also, are you going – one thing I've done is cut back on my practices at you as well. Yes, oh, definitely. Practice time. Yeah, we'll, practice we'll definitely time, yeah. cut back. Now, our first week here, because we only have one gym in, 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 uh, in our school with, with six hoops, so we're kind of limited space-wise. And with kids coming from Milwaukee, we really can't go before school with transportation issues, that sort of thing. So what we do the first week before the boys start, we start a week earlier or they alternate uh, years. So we'll go two hours the first week. And the first week, just because we're getting most, we want to introduce the drills that we're going to use a lot and there's more teaching that first week, then we're not much past an hour and a half the rest of year, maybe hour 45 for sure once we get it. So we'll go, we start November 11th. By Christmas break, we're pretty much down an hour and a half. In February, we're probably, if we go more than an hour on court, that's that's pushing it. Uh, I, yeah, I think you get in, get your work done. Get You know, if you're going at it and you're not, uh, again, I don't know about you, watching some coaches practice, it's like you've spent 30 minutes talking between all the different drills and stuff like, <laughs> Let the kids work. Sure. Kids aren't kids nowadays, as I'm sure you know, teaching. And I don't, I don't know if our attention span was that much better, but they got so many more distractions and so many more things that take their focus away. I, I wasn't a great listener. I'll be honest with you. I did well in, in college academically and stuff, but I don't want to be lectured for 10, 15 minutes at a prayer. I want to, I want reps. I, I want to get up and down the court, especially system. You really got to, and Coach Porter's been great. You got to do short bouts, as he said. You know, let them get up and down a couple possession, down, back, down. Quick correction and let's go. You know, and sometimes, I don't know about you, I sometimes we got assistants that like to get a little, little wordy and you got to kind of cut them off and know, hey, let's get, we're not looking for perfect reps. We're looking for reps. Yeah, you know, we don't have to be perfect. We yeah, have, you're, you're not gonna. Yeah, we're coaching yeah, effort. So, that's it's so, so true. It's so, so much true. more effort-based system. If you got the effort, you can adjust and fix the other stuff. Um, you know, we don't need to run the screen exactly. You know, set textbook screen because the game's not textbook. The game is chaos. Let's practice chaos, and let's let's that's what we want. That's what the system, as you know, is. It's, it's chaos. So practice that way you can't practice controlled and then play in a game that's you want to be chaotic in some people don't don't like chaos but i don't know i i as i said i don't think i could go back any other way 
I got good. You mentioned some great points, and I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some great points about coaches just saying less, um, and that to me is a major problem on that. Um, and, and the assistant coaches as well. Assistant coaches have to be bought into the system. Oh, definitely, right? definitely. Um, my my assistant does a great job, but he came from playing from a very disciplined, defensive oriented a boys team, Vincent High, who, who turned numerous guys uh went went on and played division one basketball and I think a few even reached NBA like a Marcus Landry was on the fridge. Carl Landry played Purdue, those guys. And they and he came sure. from that. So at first for him, but then I you know, I kinda sold him and we sat down and said, Here's why we're doing it. We went and watched you know, Grinnell play, went and watched Olivet play and explained the reason and you know, at the end of the day there are assistants, so if they're not bought in, um, you, you you better find some people that are bought in. You can't have somebody that's, you know, when your back's turned is saying, uh, you know, I don't know why we're doing this. This is crazy. No, he's on board. Yeah, you definitely got to have him on board. You better have your assistants. And your, yeah, and that's to me, your assistants and your star. Everybody says parents. Administration, obviously, you better have an AD that – because, uh, you know <laughs> – some people will look at you, and you, the, it's funny. The first time you travel and teams at the other place, the scorekeepers, when you're subbing, and we've got five at the table in 40 seconds, and they're looking at our scorebook person and saying, do they always do this? Why do they do this? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell, I always warn the scorebook yeah, and is, the officials. Yeah. I tell them, hey, just so you know, you better look over more frequently because we're, we're subbing. I think it's good to tip off officials so they know, too, that uh, – Hey, I got I got to be more aware of the table because this guy's going to be subbing every forty five seconds, thirty seconds, whatever. Where are you on your? Yeah, it is different. You, where are you on your rotation? Like, do you go a minute or where are you at? Um, yeah. Well, we literally have girls that can't play longer than a minute. I know that sounds. Uh, when we go deeper, they don't have the conditioning right now at this point. Um, and I also have some kids that can play the whole game. I have kind of a mixed load. So I go probably about a minute, minute 30. I hate to say it sometimes two minutes, um, for certain units. It it all depends on what kind of groove they're in. Um, but I got to get more disciplined with that. But, um, so that's, that's kind of my range right now. That's still a work in progress. Yeah. And you know, that's the, as I said, the first, go around we did it we were more uh double shift and the, this about a year and a half when we started i'm like you know talking to doug and them guys i i, I really bought in and went back down to to uh we started 45 and then at 35 we would have the next group ready to go to at the table you know and i i was the same i'm like oh they you know you hear the kids rhythm and this and that but i think if if you really ask them to go all out and and sprint both ends that they're they should be gassed i'm telling if you're not gassed you're not going hard enough so you kind of got you kind of got that motivation to them that you know yeah yeah and if they know ahead of time that you're that you're going to do it you're consistent with it you know you don't hear kids say oh i'm gonna get a pace myself now obviously there's situations where with our kid that we we ended up doing that and i i would I would suggest, and obviously you know what you're doing. I would say, if you bought into that, let you know less is more that you'd be surprised. 
that uh, I think your numbers would even go up because those kids going harder in that time. And again, I would just be curious, you know, maybe in a game where I don't want to say you think for sure that you got it won, but where you're superior to your opponent, give it a try and, and see the results of it. You know, see how, how were they? How did they go? How did they feel? And, and and talk to the kids. You know, our kids, I think they're pretty honest with me. And none of them, you know, none of them really complain when we kind of cut back the, the length of shifts. And all the gurus, Gary and Doug, and I, I'm no genius at I take their word. <laughs> and now, high school, you can go longer because of stoppage, obviously. So you could probably extend to a minute, minute 15, I would think. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like you said. It's kind of an individual. I think you got to go. Uh, you got to kind of know your oh, team yes. and so forth, uh, and your numbers. And your numbers. Um, but um, I, I totally agree. Getting players, and it's also how you practice them. Practice is that what you're doing in drills? Going okay. We're not going to go longer than forty seconds. Then it's rest and it's back. How do you how do you do that with practice? Yeah, we we try to go as I said. Now the full court stuff, we'll go. We'll put twelve minutes up and we go straight through that. But like scrimmage to bouts, we rarely go. If we go up, down, back, you know, and if they're doing the 10, 12 seconds, you're probably looking at what thirty six seconds. Even when we do cycles, we try to keep it under forty to kind of simulate simulate that. Um, and because our numbers are lower, we, we practice everyone together. So we got more kids in the gym. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, I just – obviously, if you're going to play that way, you better practice that way if you want to see the carryover into the game. Um, you, you, you made a great point. You know, when, when our numbers have been lower, obviously, you can't, you can't stay exactly true to the system blueprint more or less so you got to stretch them them shifts out but again that's knowing your personnel it's known what you have that's not to say it's wrong it's as i said the big thing as long as you're being aggressive and and max participation of who you got and you're getting that shot off in 12 and getting it back in 12 that's that according to what dave jr was saying that you know that's to him what the system's about now how you do that that's up to you you know, early on, it was like everyone followed oh, yeah. the exact blueprint. I think that's the beauty <laughs> of it. You know, your your personnel is different than mine. I can't tell you how to coach yours. Uh, I would I always – people always trying to tell us how to do our jobs. I'm sure you find out. Uh, the beauty of the system, too, is the biggest <laughs> exactly. complaint. I don't know if it's in Georgia, but what's the biggest complaint among parents is playing time, right? Well, we take care of that by playing everybody. Sure. So. So now that's our biggest complaint we hear up here. And, and you know, knock on wood, uh, in 25 years of doing this, uh, the, the complaints have been few and far between. And the system, uh, we didn't have any complaints about playing time. Some of them don't understand it, but we try to explain it at the parent meeting and send something home. We even showed a video, you know. They're not going to get it, but, hey, my kid's playing. My kid's happy. That's, you know. I don't have any kids, but I'm sure if any parent, hey, it's Susie, are you happy? Yeah, are you playing? Yeah, okay, great. And if they're coming back the next year, that's that's the main goal, right? We want we want repeat customers. We don't have kids, we can't coach. 
that's the whole key. I mean, you got if the kids are happy, usually parents are happy. There's exceptions, uh, and I, I think that's the key. As kids are playing, they feel like they are really part of the team. They're actually playing not in the fourth corner on cleanup time. They're playing in the first quarter early, right? Yeah, we get you know we definitely we get everyone in in the first. Everyone gets in in the first half, and most kids are, you know. So, like, if we do six, seven lines before we go back or five lines, it's kids at least get one line. Now, some kids miss practice, some we, we cut it down. So, they're at least, I think, the fewest we've got. And I don't know the stuff I sent you out. Maybe a kid got in three times and a half because they missed some practice or were injured or whatever. But that's still – you know, let's say five, six minutes in a game for your bottom kid. I mean, that's you're playing conventional. I can guarantee you, conventional basketball. I can guarantee a bottom kid's not getting in five or six minutes. Yeah, I totally agree, Coach. My last few questions because I know I know you got to go. Hey, tell me what you know now that you did not know when you started coaching. Can you reflect on that? Well, we just kind of, in a way, we just kind of hit on it. I think, you know, when you, you go from playing and then into coaching and you go to clinics and you, you watch games and it's like, well, I'm going to run great practices. I, went, I saw the drill at the clinic and that's a great drill. And you go to practice and, oh, I always said, if they come into my practice, they're going to be, oh, we run drills great. But then there was no carryover. And it, I guess it made me happy that we could run the drill and make it look good. But I think, and it's going to sound crazy, I think our number one goal needs to be having the kids be happy over our own happiness. It's not about our, I, I should say our ego. It's not about our, you got to be, especially if you're going to go system, any kind of coaching, the really good ones, egos, you got to check them at the door and realize what is the purpose you're there for. Um, I, I wish I would have known that earlier. We're all kind of, you know, here's, here's what I know. Here's what I can coach. Look at my team. You know, you, you're, you're directing it. I, I wish I would have been more focused on, and I don't think I was ever, a, a, you know, Bobby Knight screamer holler, but would have been more focused on keeping the kids happy and focus on a positive experience for him that's the one if i could if you could go back and do that's what i that's what i would do i don't know if that answered the question but focus on the happiness of players that's honesty i love that and that uh sometimes um coaches don't do that they can't reflect and then correct um i think a lot of us have too much ego instead of what you're saying is you got to be egoless and really what is the best for the kids? I mean, that's a great, great statement. The young coaches really need to learn that now, right? Yeah. And then, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to kind of go off in a direction. I don't know, but I just read some from Dabo Sweeney the day and, and he said, we're all going to be asked, what did we do with the kids that we were given? We were given the pleasure to work with. What, what are we going to do? We're going to be judged on how did what what do we impart about what, what kind of impact do we make on those kids' lives? You know, besides obviously the game, do we make them better players? Yeah, that's that's there. But in a bigger picture, we're given a great 
not everyone gets to coach and it's a great privilege. And, and what are we going to do with that? How are we going to reach people? And especially nowadays in society, as you know, man, our, our world's, it's a tough, it's a tough place at times. And, and if we can be some positive form, I think, you know, that's really important, you know, really make the most of the, of the great privilege we have to, to, to coach. I don't want to get too philosophical, but uh, I'm sure you would agree in reading your stuff, you know, with, I just saw your word for the years. Humility, ours is going to be believe. Great, great, yeah. Uh, I think that's important, uh, too, to have. I, I love that. Tell me, your, um, tell me about you chose it, and what are you going to do besides that? Okay, so with, uh, with our believe, actually, and we're going to do – so if you can, you know, I believe is spelled, obviously, the E's are going to be, the E's are going to be threes. So instead of the E, it's going to be a three. So we're going to put on the back of a t-shirt and we're going to get it for the kids. Right. And then what we do is we have a team meeting every Monday where I'll pull up clips of uh, coaches or players or from movies talking about stress and different aspects of belief, like, um, one, believe in yourself. We're going to spend a lot of time on believing yourself. Our kids are kind of haven't enjoyed great success in sports. So believe in yourself. You know, it's a great to be an overachiever. You got to be an overbeliever. You know, that's another, I'm not a football guy, but that's a novel Sweeney thing too. And we need our kids to overachieve yeah. to, com- to compete and uh, believe in yourself, believe in your teammates, believe, you know, believe in the system, believe in the process. Um, so we'll focus on different aspects every Monday and clips. And then we have a daily, we'll have believe on our, where we're kids sign in a day that's on the bottom where they'll see to believe. And uh, we'll, at, I think this year we're going back to, we'll have a quote regarding that every day. So when they come in and maybe at the end of practice. Um, Hi, this is Sean Glaze of great results, team building, and you're improving your team culture by listening to Coach Kevin Furtado and the Championship Vision Podcast. Yeah, hey, Coach. Hey, finish what you, were yeah. saying, what you were saying about believe. So uh, at the end of practice, we'll may say, hey, uh, Susie, what was the quote today? And to, you know, we're not going to punish it then, remember. But most of the kids know if you're going to call, you know, uh, what was the quote? Like, let's say I wrote – to be an overachiever, you need to be an overbeliever. And what does that mean to to you? What does that mean to us? One uh, one final thing, you know, I we got this from Don Schultz. I think it's a great idea, and I'm sure you guys do a version. We do a communication circle at the end of practice. We circle yeah, up, join, sure. circle up, join hands, and you got to look in the eye of the kid next to you, and and uh, we bring up a question like uh, it might be real real silly one day who's your favorite movie star if you could have dinner with everyone or who do you trust most on the team what's something you need to get better at and you need to look people in the eye because i think kids nowadays lack that skill because everything's so they got their phone and they can communicate on computer and you still gotta you know you want to impress people at a job interview look them in the eye and you know them kids that are able to do that that you coach i'm sure you know that they've been raised in a way that that's been stressed to them. So we try to, it's something little, but we get them to do that. And we also hand out, uh, it's not an award, but we, in girls, we uh, we announce like uh, 
coaches will get together real quick. Uh, who was Miss Hustle today? And then they get to go around the circle and high five everybody and every class for them. And we try to mix it up. We have like Miss Hustle, best communicator, that sort of thing. Who And we try to give it to different kids, but we don't always, you know, if a kid didn't earn it, we're not going to give it to them. But you try to, it, it evens out in 60, 70 practices a year. Those little. Yeah, I love that. I love. Yeah, I love that, Coach. Um, <clears throat> and I think you're emphasizing the right things. Um, I love the the communication chart or the hustle chart. We do the same thing. But I, I absolutely love that. I think you're emphasizing. I love what you're doing with your program. Actually, I'm going to steal quite a few of your ideas. Um, I don't know how I don't know how I can repay you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some of your stuff. Most of the stuff, as you know, we we borrow from it and just tweak it a little bit. So I. There aren't too many original thoughts in the world, I don't <laughs> I don't think, especially, especially exactly. in a game. Some people like to claim, but, you know, I'm just thankful for the people that, that helped me. And I like picking the brain of, you know, guys like guys like you are reading your tweets, reading wherever. Um, I'm probably a guy with too much time, but, you know, we're all, we're all in it, hopefully, <laughs> for the right reasons for the kids and anything we can do to help each other. And, I think, you know, we're all competitors, but at the end of the day, you know, I think we really need to help each other. It's it's not just like teaching. Uh, you know, we're a unique, we're in a unique profession to have an impact on kids. And I would hope we all want what's best for the kids, you know. So if you have success, it's it doesn't diminish or cause me to have less success. It's just that. Yeah, Mike, I love what you were saying. Um, hey, can you help me with this? Give me the best resources that you're using to make you a better coach. And I um, I don't think we share enough on things that we're using, whether that's Huddle, whether that's a certain app, whether that's a certain practice form. Give the resources that you use so a coach can actually help them become a better coach. I, You know, I think the, the Huddle – assist uh thing where it can really break down and it it like especially system based it could break down by uh groups you have in was a nice if it's it's a little costly but um boy it really helped us last year it's the huddle assist was really good uh you know to be honest i'm not saying this because i'm on it listen listen to podcasts listen to you know what I like about yours is, and while I'm living proof, you know, everybody's going to listen to a Tony Bennett on, but what, you know, what is Joe, Joe Smith, what does he have to say? Listen to anybody that's going to talk about the game and that can make you better. You know, USA Basketball has a great videos you can view. Uh, and again, I get nothing original. John Wood once said, when you're done learning you should be done and and if you're not striving to get better then it's probably time to get out it's probably time to do something else if you're not going to get better you owe that to the kids i believe yeah it's just, it's just about sharpening the saw right i mean just about yeah. uh it makes you so much better just picking up one great idea per day and i'm sure you do that mike it sounds like you're trying to pick up something each day to make you a better coach um I would love to see more coaches. I do feel podcast is the way of the future. Uh, I've I, not only do I have mine and I got great ideas from you and some other coaches, but 
I listen to other podcasts. Man, there's so much great stuff out there. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I kind of st- uh, I kind of stumbled across yours. I'm glad I did. I went back and listened <laughs> to to all the system system ones for sure. And I'm gonna get back to the other ones. Uh, and I'll be honest, as again, I'm not I'm not technologically tuned in. But yeah, it, it looks like it's a great avenue. I've heard, I obviously listened to some podcasts, but I didn't realize, you know, you'd see the big names. I didn't realize there was coaches reaching out, you know, picking the brains. And, and that's the great way to learn because, you know, let's be honest. I, you know, I love, love a Tony Bennett or, uh, you know, Alan Stein podcast type things, but we don't have, we don't all have division one talent. We can't all coach like they do, but can you steal, you know, the quote, uh, simplicity of execution that sort of thing it might not always be an x and o's uh maybe somehow to relate as the old saying goes it's not about the x and o's it's about the jimmy and the joes that's so, so true yeah we can draw best great especially late at night on the napkins but you know what you better reach that kid you better reach the kid first because if you can't reach the kid it doesn't matter what play you design yeah, that's so true. You got to connect nowadays with kids big time, particularly nowadays. Mike, it's been a pleasure, man, talking to you, man. Um, um, thanks again for, for coming on. I appreciate you sharing your vision and uh, sharing your system. I know I still but thanks again. And one last word, or how can the listeners get a hold of you, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, email. How can we get a hold uh, of you? Email is probably the best. Uh, as I said, I apologize. I'm not real, <laughs> real tuned in. I, I go on Twitter and Facebook, but the email is school email is a great one. I, I get back, obviously, to anyone. If anyone thinks I gave them anything or wants to know a clarification of anything, uh, the, the email is M, uh, S as in Sam, Z, Zoo, Y, D as in dog, L, O, at, S, Sam, F, Frank, S, Sam, D, dog, dot, K, 12, dot, W, I, dot, U, S. <laughs> and I'll have that on, I'll have that on the notes. So they can get that. Wisconsin school systems, they, they make it, <laughs> they make it, they <laughs> absolutely uh coach man i wish you the best let's keep in touch i want to um i want to know if i contact you later in the season um I'll, you know i want some feedback on what we're doing what you're doing i think we all need to kind of stick together like you're saying but i appreciate you coming oh, it was, on it was, it was my pleasure it's my honor being on and yeah i have i'll, I'll be glad to whenever you you know if you can anything anything i can do i would just just say hopefully you do it a little better because i'm still at a work in progress after 25 years so if you get it figured out let me know i'd appreciate yeah. it <laughs> you know we never get it figured out hey send me something on huddle matter of fact um how about huddle um and maybe do a little exchange on that i want to see your team all right i'll try I'll, I'll send you uh i got your email so i'll find a i'll find a one where I think we did a decent job of it, and I can. You know what I'll do sure. too is I'll send you. Um, I'll send you one of the tapes I got at the the, t- the gentleman at, down in Fenton that he sent me that I went and went statted over, so you get an idea there too. Okay. Um, 
That'd be great. And I, yeah, absolutely. And send me those contacts of those two coaches you mentioned. I think it's Mello and I, I forgot. Uh, Coach um, Bailey down at I forgot Glad, the other coaches. Yeah, Coach Bruce Bailey. Yeah, yeah. them two guys. Yeah, I would love Dave, yeah. yeah, Dave would be – they'll both be really good interviews. Uh, Dave's also a really good softball coach down in uh, in Fenton and, and a great guy. Um, I, I wish – we're we did not playing him this year. We're going to go back down there next year and play him. Uh, I just wish we could have gotten a better game, but when you're on your fourth string point. And, uh, but it was a learning experience, so I learned from it, so it's not a lost cause. Sure. Absolutely. Coach, have a great evening. I appreciate your time. Thank right, you thank so you. much. Have a good night. All right, take care, Mike. All right, bye now. Coaches, I got an exciting announcement. On September 14, 2019, the Legends on the Lake Basketball Coaching Clinic will be back. Um, We're really excited to host a great clinic this year. Uh, We will have the top coaches in the state of Georgia and around the country uh, attend our 2019 clinic here at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The clinic will go from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. We feel, we feel like we are the most unique coaches clinic in the country and that we will have a live demonstration team from Middle Georgia Prep School demonstrating all the on-court activities for the speakers. In addition, we'll have the best high school coaches from states like Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, and New Jersey. We have speakers starting at 8 a.m., and we will have our last speaker at 3.45 p.m. We provide the coaches with a meal, snacks, shirt, everything they need in our beautiful new facility here at Lake Oconee Academy. You cannot go wrong. If you're interested in signing up for this clinic, I will give you a special deal. Please put <clears throat> a special code <clears throat> of LEGENDS. And you email me at furtadok57 at gmail.com. I will give you a special discount if you come to our clinic. And also, I'll provide you any hotels that are close by the school. We're right off of I-20 here in Greensboro, Georgia. Looking forward to seeing all you coaches. Take care.